0: Greetings, this is Carl, and I want to talk a little bit to you about talking about money. And I, I'm going to do that by telling you a little story, and it's certainly a confessional, if you will. The other day, I had another one of those semi-meltdowns around money with my family. It's like, ah, we just spend so much money, so quick, we're just rolling through money, we're just firing through money. And, you know, I this problem stems from the fact that I haven't got o- gotten over uh, that You know, a new pair of pants costs more than $19.99 because I still think they do. And every year when we go to get a Christmas tree, I'm like, when did Christmas trees get more than $10? (laughs) Right. So I'm still sort of stuck in that model, you know, mountain bikes, uh, cars, houses, anything. I'm still stuck in like 20 years ago prices and I just can't seem to get over it. And I, I sort of forget about it every once in a while. And then, you know, we have to buy a new computer for the kids or, or whatever it is we have to buy, and I'm like ah, and I and I just sort of go a little crazy. And that, and my son, he recently saved up money to buy a commuter bike. He he mountain bikes a bunch, and he's got a really great mountain bike, and he rides it a ton, and he races, and he you know he uses it the way it should be used. And he wanted a he wanted a bike to commute to and from school to ride ride to school every day, and he can't take his racing mountain bike. So he found one. He spent a hundred dollars. It was in good shape, and you know, he fixed it up a little bit. And he rides it to and from school. And he needed some lights and a water bottle cage. It was going to be maybe you know, $100, $100, 150 dollars, kind of all in if he if he got everything he needed. And I was like, Sam, we can't, we can't spend this money. We can't. We're like, we're running out of money. We can't. And I went in, and you know, and I saw the look on his face. Like, wait, you know. Now, whether or not, here, here's the sort of point of what I want to talk about is that's clearly not the message I want to portray to my kids around money, that it's sort of fear-based and that it should be reacted with just kind of, no, we can't have that, right? Like, it, it, that's not the message. And I know that. I mean, I teach that. I know that. And I'm working on it. And in good moments, I'm good at it, right? But many moments, I'm not. And my wife came to me after and she said, you know, we really need to work at creating a new conversation around money. And if our kids, if you want our kids to be different than you are in terms of money habits and the, way, the emotion around money, we all have it. And it's easy to listen to my story and you are welcome to. I'm giving you full permission to, to, to kind of judge my story and say, oh, look how silly Carl is. Uh, but I would suggest to you the benefit of this discussion would be to just reflect on, to use my story and judge it like it deserves, and then use it as an opportunity to reflect on your own behavior around money, and particularly how you talk about it. Because I did realize, yeah, that's exactly right. Whether or not we spend the $150 on the lights and the water bottle cage is immaterial relative to the feeling I created around that discussion. Instead of just saying, well, let's sit down and figure it out. You know, is it something you really need? Because he obviously was like, wait, I found this $100 bike that works great. I'm riding to and from school and I bring up a hundred, you know, that I need to spend a hundred dollars maybe to get it safe, right? With lights, safe and legal. If he's going to ride at night in New Zealand, he's got to have lights, a water, water bottle case, you know, I just need to spend a little bit more money. And forget that it's $100, $150. Who cares what it is? I mean, it wasn't a lot of money is what I'm saying. And even if it was a lot of money, none of that really matters relative to the feeling that I created around it. That it was like, oh, no, I can't ask Dad about that. Or not, not that we can't say no. That's not a, the point at all. It's how we talk about it and how and the feeling we create around it rather than fear and anxiety, we can still say no without fear and anxiety, for sure. Because when I'm feeling, right, when I'm not in the basement around money, when I'm not mentally in the basement around money, I can have conversations that aren't surrounded by fear and anxiety. I absolutely can. So it's, it's, uh, the focus here, I want to make sure I'm being clear. The focus I'm trying to get across is not the yes or no, no. It's not the dollar amount. It's not the size of the purchase. It's the energy around the conversation. And I've talked a lot about this in the past, so I won't review it here, but it just, I'm trying to do a better job. And I actually, I I believe I'm getting better. Well, we we should ask my wife sometime. If if you want me to ask my wife, you can send me emails and I'll make her reply to them. (laughs) I believe I'm getting better around it, but independent of whether I'm getting better or not, I've got a lot of work to do. And the only way I know to do that work is just to try and pay attention at the feeling you create when you talk about money. And if you can get to the point, and I've been able to do this a couple of times and it makes me so happy when I respond, I'll respond habitually out of this sort of fear and anxiety that I kind of have had ever since I was young I'll respond habitually out of that, create fear and anxiety. And then somehow, some one of us, my wife, my kids, somebody will do something to make light of it. Like, well, that wasn't what I was expecting, right? And we'll all be able to chuckle a bit and go, wow, where'd that come from? The reason it makes me happy is when you can recognize right in the moment that you've been hijacked by an emotion or a feeling that you didn't even really mean to have, right? And you can recognize that you've been hijacked. And then go, whoa, hey, because most of the time I'm so absorbed in the feeling that I get defensive about anybody even suggesting that I'm doing something wrong. And then it takes me 15 minutes and I 15 minutes, a half an hour, an hour, sometimes a whole day. And then I have to come back and go, hey, you know, that thing that happened last night. I don't know where that came from. I apologize. I was just hijacked. I didn't mean it. So that's a little story. It's been helpful to me. Maybe you need to send me a bill as my financial therapist. I hope the reason I shared it is I hope it's helpful for you to see the foibles in my own experiences as maybe, maybe just a lens to view your own so that we can all get a little better about this. Because if we're gonna make any difference in the way money's handled in this world, it's going to be through teaching ourselves and our kids about how to communicate more effectively around money. And with that, that wraps up a, uh, another episode of Behavior Gap Radio. Let me just mention, I hope I don't do this too often, but I love hearing from you. And so just a little note, Uh, you like these episodes, you want them longer, shorter, you know, all that. Uh, What did you like? Is there something you'd like me to cover more, Uh, et cetera. So I love hearing from you. The email address, and I read every one of them. I can't reply to all of them. I apologize, but I read every one of them, and I try to reply, is hello at behaviorgap.com. Hello at behaviorgap.com. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon.